Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Knockout News. I am your host, Connor Rudolonis, and today we are going to talk about the Bilal Muhammad and Vicente Luque fight night card, um, prelims, main card, and there's some interesting news going around the UFC, and we're just going to get right into it. So um, at the time of this recording, I'm two weeks late on podcast, so this fight happened April 16th, two weeks ago. It wasn't a really interesting fight night, not not a lot of huge names, but on the prelims, Drakkar Close gets the round two KO of Brandon Jenkins and garners himself a performance of the night bonus, so he got 50k extra on his fight purse, but Drakkar Close is an interesting fighter. The last time that he fought, he fought in 2020, I think it was on the... John Jones versus Dominic Reyes card. It was on the main card, I think. And he fought Benil Dariush. And if you're familiar with the UFC or anything like that, you know there's a famous picture from Jakar Close's fight of Daniel Cormier, Joe Rogan, and John Anik, the uh, the fight announcers. Uh, they were going crazy. And Joe Rogan's face, he looks very surprised. And Daniel Cormier, he's leaned over on Joe Rogan with his hands up making a crazy face, and John Anik looks crazy too. It's just kind of become like a meme in the community. It's just like a, oh my God, oh my God, type of thing. And that was during his last fight with Benil Dariush in 2020 because Jakar Close had Benil Dariush almost, almost asleep standing up. Like um, the fight was very close to ending because he was just beating up on him. And then Benil Dariush came back and landed some crazy punches. And then Jakar Close got stumbled. And they both got stumbled a few more times after that. And eventually, Benil Dariush got the KO over Jakar Close. That was a really crazy fight. It was one of the craziest fights of that year. And so, ever since then, he has not fought. This is his first fight in almost two years. And so, it was really interesting. It was good to see him get the win. He was he was on the prelims of a fight night. So, I think they were just trying to get him back in the rhythm of things because he's kind of lost a little bit of hype after not being in the in the octagon for two years. Um, I think it was just injuries and stuff just kept him out, maybe not the right fights, but he's back in there now. He was a negative 650 favorite. He was highly favorited in this fight. You know, I could have I could have put this fight on the main card just because it's Jakar Close. A lot of people know who he is if you're a fan of the uh, UFC sport. He got the performance of the night bonus, so good for him. The highlight or the, the main event of the prelims, like the, the featured prelim, Devin Clark versus William Knight. Uh, actually, I couldn't tell you who these guys are. Me being a pretty big UFC fan, that doesn't sound good, but I can't. Devin Clark gets the win. Round three KO. He was a negative 180 underdog. William Knight was a plus 155. No, sorry. Devin Clark was a minus 180 favorite. William Knight was the plus 155 underdog. Moving on to the main card... Same thing, not really crazy interesting. Munir Lazez gets the decision win against Agne Lusa. Pat Sabatini gets the decision win against TJ Laramie. Mayra Bueno Silva got the round three, or no, decision win against Wu Yanan. Yanan. That garnered them fight of the night, so both of those women got $50,000 extra, so good for them. May Rabuena was the negative 490 favorite, 
and Wu Yanan was the plus 360 underdog. That went how Vegas thought it would go. The third fight into the last one, Andre Fialo versus Miguel Beza. That garnered a performance of the night. It was a round one KO with four minutes and 30 seconds into the fight. Or I think that's actually, I don't know. I don't know if that's four minutes and 39 seconds into the fight or that is 11 seconds into the fight. Or no, 21 seconds into the fight. I'm not sure actually. But Andre Fialo was the plus 150 underdog and he got the KO victory. And if it's performance of the night, it had to be a good a good KO I did not watch this card live, so I apologize for not being able to say exactly what happened, but it is what it is. Uh, the co-main event, Chow, Sal, I don't know, Chow Baralo versus Godzi Omar Gidziv. I'm sorry, I mean, I butchered both of those names probably, but he got the, hmm, it gives a time for the stoppage, but it says it was a unanimous decision. So that might not be right. If it's, a, if it's a decision, it went all the way. But it says round three, 3.56 on the time instead of five minutes for the decision. So I'm not sure about that. But Chow or Xiao got the win. He was the plus 110 underdog, technically. So that's good for him. And the main event, this is an interesting fight. It's Vicente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. And I would say that I'd could be a Vicente Luque fan. I think he's an entertaining fighter. Uh, he's put on some good fights before. And I could tell you 100% for a fact that I am not a Bilal Muhammad fan. You know, everybody has their different styles in this game. You know, you could be a wrestler, jiu-jitsu, kickboxer, Muay Thai, boxer, whatever. Bilal Muhammad is interesting because he doesn't... I don't know. I don't want to say it without not respecting his game, obviously, but, like, he doesn't do anything, like, particularly very, very good. Like, you're not going to call him a striker. You might not call him a wrestler either, but he has a way of winning fights in... Like, he has a way of winning fights. Don't get me wrong. I think he's won, like, eight straight now in the welterweight division. He got the win against Vicente Luque, by the way. But it was a round five, or no, it was a decision win. It was a main event, so it was a five-round fight. And... Bilal Muhammad has a way of winning fights that are, I mean, it's kind of harsh to say it, but like the most unentertaining way possible. That sucks because, you know, obviously he's winning fights. He's getting the, he's getting the win on his record and he's moving up the standings, but he is just not an entertaining fighter to watch. And um, I'll tell you a joke. So every fighter has just a nickname and some of them are really bad and some of them are like, they go from like cringy to really bad to bad to okay like most of these fighters nicknames are not really good like <laughs> it's just kind of funny but Bilal Muhammad has to have one of the worst nicknames I've ever heard of it's Bilal remember the name Muhammad like remember the name is his nickname <laughs> like I'm sorry but that is an awful awful nickname um but it's become kind of a joke recently within the MMA community that since his fights are so boring and nothing really happens in his fights, it's <laughs> we should be calling him Bilal, remember the decision, Muhammad. And I think it's kind of funny. I don't know. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know much about UFC, it's probably not as funny, but it's funny to avid watchers of the sport because this guy is just like, he just 
he's not entertaining at all. And, you know, good for him. He's winning fights. You don't have to be the most entertaining person ever, but it's just like, you don't, he doesn't do anything worth watching per se. Like it's hard to explain. I would tell you that I'm definitely not a Bilal Muhammad fan. And I try to be unbiased on this podcast unless I tell you that I am biased because I am an actual big fan of a certain fighter or whatnot. But so going into the stats of the fight, Bilal Muhammad was 136 of 260 for total strikes. And Vicente Luque was 102 of 203 for total strikes. So that's a 50 that's a 50% accuracy clip for Vicente Luque and a 52% accuracy clip for Bilal Muhammad. And so significant strikes was 84 of 184 for Vicente Luque with a 46% accuracy. And for Bilal Muhammad, it was 60 of 155 with a 39% accuracy. So Bilal Muhammad had more more total strikes, but Vicente Luque had him on significant strikes. So that's interesting. And then takedowns, Vicente Luque was 0 of 0. And Bilal Muhammad was 5 of 10, so 50% on that. Yeah, I don't really think there's much to write home about this fight. Uh, from what I heard, it was another boring Bilal Muhammad decision win. And these were two fights, or this was a fight between Bilal Muhammad, number six ranked welterweight contender, and Vicente Luque being the number five ranked welterweight contender. So obviously, this is a fight that determines who could be next in line or maybe one fight away from getting a title shot. And honestly, if Bilal Muhammad gets a title shot against Kamara Usman, I think we are in for a snooze fest. I've kind of come around on Kamara Usman recently because he's won some fights in some very entertaining ways recently. And so I can't say that I'm a hater, but Usman has been known to kind of put on snooze fest. I remember his first fight against Jorge Masvidal in 2020 was a snooze fest. Colby Covington, Colby Covington's nickname is... Um, Marty Marty fake snoozeman because his name's Kamara Usman and uh, apparently in college he went by Marty and so Colby Covington just doesn't let him rest on that and he calls him snoozeman because he thinks he's a boring fighter as well you know we could be in for a snooze fest if Bilal Muhammad ever gets a title shot against Kamara Usman being a number six ranked contender he's not far away uh, I don't know where the UFC landed him in the rankings after his win against Vicente Luque but he could be one fight away from actually securing himself a title shot after I think Leon Edwards is going to get the next title shot against Kamar Usman. So we'll have to see what happens after that. But I could see the UFC giving Bilal Muhammad a title shot just because he earned it. But I know that Dana White will probably not want to <laughs> because it will not be a pay-per-view that will sell a lot because you know everybody, everybody that watches the UFC knows that Bilal Muhammad is not entertaining. And everybody that doesn't watch the UFC that watches big fights won't care because they've never heard of Bilal Muhammad because he's not entertaining. So it's a roundabout sort of just lose-lose for for the UFC in terms of just hype that they can build for that fight. But um, we'll just have to see. It's definitely very interesting. I I would like... I'll probably, I'll probably keep up with that. I don't think that Kamar Usman and Leon Edwards is scheduled yet. That would probably happen later this year. Um, so we have a long time before Bilal Muhammad even gets close to gets close to even scheduling a title fight. He might even take another fight in the meantime, just because you know you get paid for fights. That's his job. 
So he might just want to fight again just to fight, but who knows. Lately in the UFC, there's been just some interesting news. Fights are being scheduled. Fights are being called off. There's just certain rumors going around. So Robert Whitaker, who just fought Israel Adesanya, I think in November, December of 2021, he was supposed to fight Marvin Vittori at UFC 275. And that fight has been called off because Robert Whitaker... Uh, sustained an injury and he doesn't think that he will be able to fight by then and he he caught a lot of flack on twitter and stuff from marvin vittori's fans first off i think marvin vittori's fans are insufferable i do not really think that marvin vittori is that good of a fighter per se i mean he's up there with the best of the best in the welter in the middleweight division sorry in the middleweight division but i mean israel adesana manhandled him and it was a very lopsided fight, and I just really just don't like his... <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I guess I just don't really like his vibe. And so he caught a lot of flack on Twitter for that, and Robert, Robert Whitaker was saying, like, look, guys, I think it's actually kind of disrespectful if I think I can go out there and beat this guy while at being at 50% health or, or whatever. You know, I'm taking this guy really seriously, and I would like to make sure I'm at 100% to fight this guy because he's a good fighter. And so... I think that's actually pretty commendable, but, you know, fans will say what they want to say. MMA fans or UFC fans in particular are very opinionated, as I'm sure you can tell from my podcast. We're very opinionated, and a lot of people on Twitter like to say exactly what they're thinking, so Robert Whitaker took a little bit of flack for that, but, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? I think Robert Whitaker definitely wins that fight, though. I say honestly without a doubt that Robert Whitaker wins that fight. I've not been too confident in a lot of things, but I, I, Robert Whitaker and Adesanya, I think, are by far the best fighters in their in the middleweight division, and I think that Israel Adesanya is just a hair better than Robert Whitaker because of what we saw when they fought recently. But if Robert Whitaker just did a little bit more, you could say that Robert Whitaker won that fight. It's just not how it happened. But Robert Whitaker is the next best fighter in the welterweight division. I don't think anybody's even remotely close. So I would expect Robert Whitaker to win that fight. I wouldn't say easily because Marvin Vittori does have some, some skills, you know, but I just don't think that he is on the same level as Robert Whitaker. And so I remember, I can't remember exactly what episode it was on of knockout news, but I remember explaining that there was rumors going around that, Joanna, uh, her name is Polish. It's hard. Joanna, Joan J. Check or something. I don't know. I'm just going to call her Joanna J. Joanna J. And Wally Zhang, the old title holder for women's strawweight, how they were looking to schedule a rematch. And it's actually been scheduled for UFC. It's actually been scheduled for UFC 275. And I think it'll probably be maybe the third fight or the fourth fight, but Joanna has recently said that she'd be willing to make it a five-round fight because if you don't remember me talking about it last time, that fight was easily the greatest women's fight of all time. Um, I think they both women together threw a total of over 800 strikes, and it was crazy. It, it, definitely, it definitely overshadowed the main event, being that event was... Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero, and that was not an entertaining fight. It was just kind of a chess match, you know, not, not much happened. But 
the co-main event was Joanna versus Weili Zhang. And that fight was amazing. Everybody was like, oh my God, we just saw one of the best fights in UFC history. It's definitely the best women's fight of all time. And it is arguably one of the best UFC fights of all time. There's There's been some good UFC fights and that one is up there. It's definitely top 10. So that rematch is going to happen. I think it was originally going to be three rounds because it's not a title fight because because Weili Zhang doesn't have the title anymore. Rose Amanunas has it, and she's going to fight Carla Esparza, I think. But Joanna and Zhang, so it's not a title fight, so it would be like the third or fourth fight on a main card, but they're willing to... Or Joanna said she's willing to make it a five-round fight. I don't know if Zhang will. I think Zhang will probably agree that it needs to be a five-round fight because it was such a good fight the first time. Why would you not want to see two extra rounds? So that fight is scheduled for UFC 275 and UFC 275. UFC 275 is with Glover Teixeira versus Jiri Prejaska. And that fight will happen June 11th, 2022 in Singapore. I think it's actually the first event that UFC is going to ever hold in Singapore. And that fight will also have Valentina Shevchenko versus Talia Santos. And then, yeah, so the third fight will be Weili Zhang or Zhang Weili and Joanna. Joanna J. <laughs> um, so that'd be the third fight on the card, but they said they're willing to make it a five round fight. So essentially, if that happens, we'll have three five round fights on the main card, with the last two being title fights. So they're obviously five round fights. Um, I think that would be really interesting. I think that's something they should definitely do. Also, that was this was the card. UFC 275 is the card that Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker were also supposed to be on. So that would make it a very good card, but. It's already a good card. Zhang Weili versus Joanna Valentina Shevchenko. She's amazing. She's one of the best women's fighters of all time. Then Glover Teixeira versus Jiri Prohaska. Prohaska. Glover Teixeira is the... I think he's one of the oldest. He's definitely the oldest right now. I don't know. He's definitely the oldest title holder right now. I think he's 42 or 43 years old. Um, I don't know if he's the oldest ever. I think Randy Couture was one of the oldest ever. I don't know how old he was whenever he did get the title back. But if not, he's he's... If not the oldest, he's one of the oldest title holders ever in the UFC. Versus Jiri Prehaska, who is a madman. He just knocks a lot of people out. He's very young. He's very quick. So I don't know how that'll go. That's all the way in June. So there's really no telling. But also, some more news. John Jones and Stipe Miocic is apparently being targeted for at least... I think it was originally going to be targeted for this summer. But Stipe Miocic said that... He won't be 100% um, in terms of fighting and health until around September or maybe even later. So John Jones is going to wait for him to do that. John Jones hasn't fought since 2020, since he fought Dominic Reyes. That was his last fight, and that was his last title defense of the light heavyweight title before he vacated it and was going to move to heavyweight but hasn't fought. Um, he's gotten in some trouble and, two stu- and stuff like that, so... Waiting on that, that's a really interesting fight because I would have thought that they would have given Stipe an immediate rematch against Francis Ngannou because right now it's 1-1. And, you know, when it's 1-1, you usually do a trilogy fight to do the tiebreaker, you know? So Stipe hasn't fought, I think, since he lost to Ngannou, which was in May, no, March of 2021, I think. So it's been over a year since he's fought. I think he's dealing with some injuries from just like training, just being an active active fighter. So that'll be interesting because John Jones, a lot of people are 
nobody knows what to think about John Jones moving up to heavyweight because he's fought at light heavyweight his whole career. He's been he's been arguably the most dominant champion the UFC has ever seen. Maybe you could make that argument for Georges St. Pierre or Anderson Silva or whoever, but he's been one of the most dominant champions the, the UFC has ever seen, arguably the greatest of all time in the UFC at light heavyweight. That's where he thrived. And then lately, not lately, but his last few title defenses in light heavyweight, you know, he looked human, I guess you could say. He looked human. He looked beatable. Because a lot of people could say that maybe Dominic Reyes even won the fight against John Jones in his last fight in 2020. It was definitely close. It was definitely close. And ever since then, Dominic Reyes has lost every fight he's fought since then, which is unfortunate. But some people could honestly make the case for him winning that fight. And so John Jones has looked beatable in his last few times out. And people think that him moving up to heavyweight, to a heavier weight and... Everybody in heavyweight has heavier hands than people in light heavyweight. Um, there's a lot more size to people in heavyweight. Saying I'd probably say that light heavyweights are faster than heavyweights, to be honest. But there's just no telling. I mean, Stipe Miocic is one of the best heavyweights of all time. One of the greatest of all time, too. And, you know, he lost to Ngannou just because of Ngannou's sheer knockout power. He just caught him and he got knocked out. Stipe Miocic is no joke. He's still one of the greatest of all time. And so you have to take that into account. And I think there's a good way for Stipe Miocic to win this fight if John Jones is not used to fighting with that weight on him because he also had to build up a bunch of weight and bulk to get to heavyweight size or to be where he wanted to fight in heavyweight. So light heavyweight is 205. And I think that heavyweight starts at 206. Like it goes from 206 to 260. It's the loosest division in terms of what you can weigh in the UFC. Uh, there's guys that the way 280 come down to 260 or cut to 260 just to fight the heavyweight. And there's guys that are like 121 or a 220, 230 natural, you know. So there's a big disparity in terms of size. And I don't think Stipe is not like a huge heavyweight. I think he's probably 230, 240. And I don't think he really cuts to fight. I think he just walks around and fights at his natural weight. Um, John Jones, I think. I think he's been on top of his diet and his weight his whole career, and I don't think he really had to cut a whole lot to get to light heavyweight every time, if not maybe just like 10, 15 pounds. But he had to bulk a lot. He had to bulk, like, keeping up with John Jones through his hiatus. You, uh, he posts a lot of training pictures and training videos and stuff, and you can see that he's gotten bigger and he's gained more muscle, but he's never fought with that muscle before. And I'm sure he's fighting, like, I'm I'm sure he's sparring five rounds, six rounds, maybe even seven rounds, like in his sparring sparring sessions, like to get used to fighting at that weight. But he hasn't fought like somebody really, really good at heavyweight at that at that weight. So it'll be interesting to see because nobody's ever seen John Jones fight at a different weight than what he has for 10, 11 years in the UFC at light heavyweight. So it'll be really interesting. There's no timetable on when a fight will be scheduled. But they're looking at sometime in September, maybe even later, maybe even earlier if, if, if Stipe decides that he's ready to go. But that's a really anticipated fight that people are looking forward to because everybody knows who Stipe, who Stipe is and everybody knows who John Jones is. Uh, he's one of the most popular fighters ever, one of the best fighters ever. So that fight will definitely be a big draw. That fight could even be just a pay-per-view uh, main event all by itself, not even a title fight. Just like with um, Kobe Combs at a Masvidal a month or so ago. 
or two months ago. So we're still going to have to wait on that for a while. But with that, that's going to close out this episode of Knockout News. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much.